Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's great to have you with us. I'm Father Patrick Wainwright. And our guest today is Father Matthew Maxwell, with whom we will talk about Christmas, the feast that is coming up, the feast of the Nativity of the Lord, and the graces we hope to receive with this celebration. Hi, Father Matthew. It's great to have you with us. So, how are things going on? How has your Advent season been going on and now coming up to Christmas? Hey, Father Patrick. Great to be here. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Things are going really well. I'm going through my second Advent now as a priest, and I've been reminded just how busy this time is for priests. We've had a lot of uh, beautiful time for hearing confessions. We've been having retreats. As a matter of fact, we just got back from retreat from Marytown this past weekend. Yeah, that was was in Chicago for women, right? Yeah, beautiful place, Marytown, a nice shrine with perpetual adoration. Right, that's an amazing thing in that retreat house. We have the retreat house, and next to it, there's this huge um, chapel. It's it's a chapel, but it's a church, right, with a a Constantinian Basilica style church. Yeah, based like on the Roman church, one of the Roman churches. Right. It's beautiful. And there they have a huge monstrance with perpetual adoration. So yes. any of the retreatants can go any time of the day or night and the Blessed Sacrament will be exposed. Yep. Right? That's a beautiful experience. Right. Beautiful. And actually, just for those who are listening, if you're interested, I will put on the show notes a link to a, a webcam. And the webcam is always. It's live, and it's always uh, recording this monstrance, this perpetual adoration. So, and I know it's not the same to be there than to watch it on the screen. But if anyone is like working or something, and you want to look at what it looks <laughs> like to be in the real presence of the Lord, uh, you can check the the webcam and see our Lord uh, live. Let's say. Awesome. So I'm really also grateful to be now uh, about to celebrate Christmas. Um, we're actually releasing this episode a couple of, a day or two before Christmas, simply so that people can listen to this before Christmas and be ready for Christmas. As a preparation. Right, because then when it's Christmas, you know, you're not, you're probably not listening to podcasts here with the family. (laughs) Hopefully praying. (laughs) Right. So uh, I love this combination of Advent, the season of Advent and the season of Christmas and how they uh, help us center in Jesus Christ. Right, and the fact that God comes becomes man to save us. So the Christmas is the liturgical celebration, right, of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the Catholic Church wants us wants to remind us of the fact that the Word of God became man and was born of the Virgin Mary in order to die for us on the cross, so that we can be saved from our sins and have eternal life. Right, so that uh, our Lord uh, defeats, let's say, sin. Uh, and death and Satan. And this is what St. Paul clearly says uh, in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. He says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his only son, born of a woman, born under the law, to ransom those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Beautiful. So this celebration is, on the one hand, a reminder of what happened around 2,000 years ago, now 2,022 years ago, uh, but it also makes present the birth of Christ today in a way that we can say that Jesus, if I uh, participate in the celebration of the Mass, Jesus is born in me today, and in such a way that we can truly trust 
that our Lord will be in us as uh, Christmas, right? So in the same way he was born in Bethlehem, he is born in my heart. And it's also a reminder that Jesus will come again a second time at the end of times, right? So yep. that's the remind the celebration we celebrate. We we are reminded, and it make it is made present. So this mystery of the liturgical celebrations in the church. So, Father Matthew, what is your your take on the Feast of Christmas, and what thoughts would you like to share with us? Sure. Well, actually, the first thing that just came to mind when you were reading this quote from Galatians, right, chapter four, verses four through five, I remembered something very interesting a professor told us according to the dating of the different books in the New Testament, this would most probably be the first reference in writing to Our Lady, actually, which is interesting because wow. St. Paul would have supposedly written this letter to the Galatians before the, the, the even the, the, the Gospels. Gospels. Right. Um, so he doesn't name her, obviously. He doesn't say Mary, but he says born of a woman. And of course, that's the first reference then we would have to Our Lady, which is a beautiful thought. Um, St. Saint, Saint Paul of all people, right? Mm-hmm. The first one to get her in there by pen. <laughs> um, but I think what I wanted to, a reflection that I've been doing has actually really been based on the spiritual exercises and something that we bring up quite a bit when we preach them. And I'm really thankful to St. Ignatius for having passed on to us, which is this idea of recalling that, of course, we know that our Lord, he became man to save men, to save mankind, right? But he also, we need to do this reflection on a more personal level. Like Sinai says that he became man for me. He he incarnated God, did all of this, not just to save mankind in general or sort of universal salvation, but also for me. And so when we reflect on it that way, when we take that to prayer, the whole mystery that we're celebrating becomes much more personal. And I can start to realize again how much our God loves me, right? And it's not just um, for, for not just for everyone, but I need to apply it to my own life. And then from there, and he says something about that when uh, in Galatians two chapter uh, chapter two verse twenty, uh-huh. right? that he he died and he gave himself up for, for me, me right? right? Exactly. Yep. Saint Paul. Saint Paul says that, and then Saint Ignatius will have remind us that over and over that mm-hmm. these mysteries of our Lord need to be applied to our own life. So what does that mean? That Christ became, that that God became man for me, right? That he laid in a manger for me, that he was willing to, let's say, suffer poverty, right? And, and have that austerity of being in the, in the cold, that he was willing to be become fragile for me, right? So that shows now an incredible love that sort of we would say overwhelms us, right? right? That, right. that astounds right. us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes it much more personal. And then that typically is what drives us to think, okay, well, gosh, if he's done this for me, then what should I do, right? What, what can I give back? Right. W- what's my response to this kind of love? Because love, we know, needs uh, a response or it sort of demands or pulls out of our hearts in a special way, a response of love. Right. In a sense, like love is repaid with love, right? You and cannot repay love with a money or, or a card, <laughs> right? Or exactly. A gift. So I so. donated. I donated more money to the church. So now that's my way of repaying <laughs> of repaying my love God's this love. Christmas, right? Right. Okay, that might be a part of it, and love is shown in actions. But hey, let's let's do mm-hmm. something for our Lord, right? Um, and and so then from there also, I I think it's really beautiful in this time to there are special virtues that we can really reflect on, and we see in our Lord in the manger, like I was saying. 
his poverty, right? His love for, for simplicity, for poverty, mm-hmm. for not being attached to material things, his humility, right? Not obviously appearing in the world in the center stage, not in, on a throne or anything like that, but rather in a manger, his austerity. So not so concerned with, okay, having fine luxuries or, or many possessions or anything like that. Right. And even, even in the time when our Lord was born, uh, he was born in the Jewish people that themselves were a dominated people, uh, you know, uh, oppressed, mm-hmm. if you want, yeah. or conquered by the Romans, right. and before by the Greeks, etc. So right. it was not the place, the social environment to be born if you wanted if to be a rich and powerful person. Exactly, exactly. And so, and and then from there, also his meekness, uh, all all of these virtues seem to shine. And of course, we'll see them throughout his life. We'll see them on the cross again in a, in a much superior way. But there's something special about the way that we see them in this newborn babe, we would say, right? right? right. In the arms of Our Lady. And there's a much, uh, there, there's a sort of special peace that comes along with contemplating them that you, you might not experience in the same way when you look at the cross, you know, and we'll go through Lent and, and uh, Holy Week. Um, when you just sort of contemplate the manger scene, uh, the nativity scene, uh, there's a lot more tranquility and peace of spirit, and, and it penetrates, I think, our hearts in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. God is really close. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that the uh, birth of Christ is the reason for the joy of this season, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes uh, the world tries to purposely or inadvertently, but uh, change right. the reason for the joy of this season, if you want, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes a magical thing because of the lights and the snow and the gifts and the family and so many and the new car and so forth, when in reality, the source of all joy, the real reason for joy during these days is the presence of God-made man. And as right. uh, in one of his sermons, I think it's worthwhile quoting here, St. Augustine said the following, Awake, mankind, for your sake, God has become mine. I tell you again, for your sake, God became man. You, have, you would have suffered eternal death had he not been born in time. Never would you have been freed from sinful flesh had he not taken on himself the likeness of sinful flesh. You would have suffered everlasting unhappiness had it not been for his mercy. You would have never returned to life had he not shared your death. You would have been lost if he had not hastened to your aid. You would have perished had he not come. Let us then joyful celebrate the coming of our salvation and redemption. Let us celebrate the the festive day on which he who is the great and eternal day came from the great and endless day of eternity into our own short day of time. So this is from beautiful beautiful from St. Augustine. I will put in the show notes below a link to a longer section of that homily. Uh, It's a sermon of St. Augustine. But there are several reasons for joy in these days, looking at Christ, right? And this is a brief reflection I wanted to share. Um, first of all, we're, there's joy because God becomes man, and therefore it means that God is with us. 
right? As the name Emmanuel means, that St. Matthew applies to Christ in his gospel when he uh, writes uh, in, in the first chapter of St. Matthew. All this took place to fulfill the, the, what the Lord had said through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So God is with us, the Emmanuel, right? Uh, he is Jesus, which also means God saves, as the angels say to St. Joseph, right? She, your wife, will bear a son, and you will, are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins, Matthew 1, 21. So that's the first reason for joy, that God becomes man, he is with us, he is not distant, he has not abandoned us at all. The second reason that I would say for our interior joy is that God becomes, as you said before, a vulnerable child, a baby. God becomes approachable, God becomes lovable, weak, for our sake. We could even hold him in our arms if we wanted. He is not distant or stern, let's say, causing us to be afraid of him or to fear him. On the contrary, he's very close to us and purposely becomes weak and needing help, right? So right. this is, I think it's important for us to consider, right? And to reflect upon these days. And that's oh. a beautiful reflection too, because a lot, a lot of the saints, uh, obviously our imagination when we pray isn't the principal part of our prayer, but they love to, in this, this time of the year to to do that sort of imagination of the of themselves right. in the nativity scene and and well some of the some of the saints that had more extraordinary phenomenon in the midst of that our lady would actually appear right once in a while and, and place the the babe in their arms i think right. that might have happened to st francis of assisi right yeah. the and great saint promoter Anthony as well i think right? promoter of the nativity scene and whatnot right. but that's a great way for us too to enter into that deeper prayer regarding christmas i think that's right and also to realize that it's it's not just God, the Almighty and All-Powerful, which we have to think about and consider, but also God, the man who become a child, who needs my support, who needs my help, who wants my help, right? So I can, I can in a sense, give some love to Jesus Christ to right. make him happy. I can give my affection to the child Jesus, you yeah. know, and he wants that yep. in this time of Christmas. He wants our love. He, yeah. he wants to be needy of our love, if you want, if yeah. you, in some way. Right, right. right? So, and the third reason for uh, joy that I could think of these days um, is because Jesus gives us the possibility of being partakers in the divine nature. As St. Peter says in his second letter, right? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, God has bestowed on us the precious and very great promises so that through them you may become you may come to share in the divine nature after escaping from the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Up to there, uh, St. Peter. So thanks to the fact that God became man, took on a human nature, and died on the cross for us, we can become, through baptism, children of God by adoption and share, in a sense, the divine nature of God and partaker, uh, partake in the divine life of God. So, through baptism and through grace, the life of God is in me, and I am. I look like God, we could say, right? As St. Athanasius wrote in his work on the incarnation of the Son of God, he wrote, The Son of God became man so that we might become God. 
Right. Right. And the first time that that mixing of God and man, so to speak, we have here in the incarnation. And then that's sort of what got the ball rolling for us to also be able to have that some sort of participation. Right. And I think that's the greatest treasure we have in our life, right? To It's much more valuable than all the money, all the houses, all the cars, all the wealth, all the power. To know that I am a child of God and that I participate in his divine nature. And that is why it's an, a, a, a reason, a great reason for interior joy. So, uh, of course, as many, many of us can perceive, the world is secularizing more and more this feast of Christmas, and uh, it tends to remove us, even Catholics, Christians, away from Christ, right? So to, be, to make us more concerned about uh, the business of these days, about giving gifts, about uh, doing things and so, celebrations of so many things, uh, meals and so forth, that are good, but they might, because of the business, take us away from Christ. So it is up to us then, and up to each one of our listeners, right? Each one to it, up to each one of us to bring our Lord Jesus Christ back to the center of these days and back to the center of our life. So that's why we have to remember these days are important because Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, is born for our salvation. So uh, there are several things I would like to encourage people to do some things, some things just to make that happen. Right, the first one is to definitely go to Mass on Christmas, right? We have to go to Mass Let's on Christmas. Let's start there, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a holy day of obligation, but also it's, it's, it's good for me, it's good for us to be at Mass, to receive communion. And in that sense, if possible, even any, any other day of the week of the octave of Christmas, right? To, and, and, and ideally to receive confession, to go to confession and be in the state of grace so as to receive our Lord uh, in the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. So that, I think, um, is very important to make Christ the center of our lives. Right. Also, perhaps another thing that uh, we could take advantage of, especially, you know, we're a little, we're stepping out usually at this time from the hustle and bustle of a daily daily life with work or school and that kind of thing. And so we could probably take advantage to maybe stop by the church every once in a while, visit Blessed Sacrament, make those reflections um, that we've been talking about uh, or those meditations, right? Those contemplations of the the child Jesus in front of the Blessed Sacrament. What a better, right. what better place to do that, right? Let the, that warmth that's there, so to speak, that spiritual warmth, mm-hmm. warm us in, in this time of the year, especially. Right, and then one other more human thing that is also important of Christmas is to spend time with our family, right? Of course. Because if not, we, we don't work, we're not going to work, but then we're doing other things, and we're not with our family either. So right. we're not with God, we're not with our family, we're watching TV, or doing <laughs> something else, or movies, or Netflix, or whatever. Right. Uh, so let us make time to have important conversations, right? Uh, um, important time, let's say, uh, valuable time, quality time with each other, uh, from a human perspective, to create the bonds for a good family life. Sure, right. right. So, Father Matthew, what is it that you like most of the Christmas season? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> I would say, Everything. yeah, right, exactly. What don't I like? Well, I would say, I guess, so you were talking about joy. Um, so if I had to choose one thing, let's say, that really sticks out to me, I would say it's a particular expression of joy that we see a lot surrounding our Christmas festivities, which is music, actually. Um, I'm a music, was born and raised a musician, and I think it's awesome how Catholicism is able to express its profound joy, right, rooted in Christ, but in these 
more uh, visible manifestations. And so one of those has always been music, obviously. And so we have、mm-hmm. all the Christmas carols, we have all of the different choral renditions and music and, and whatnot,、um, not only within the liturgy, but with, outside of the liturgy as well, which I think is, is awesome. And it's, it's a great way. Of showing that interior joy that we have, but also it sort of combines actually a lot of the things we've been talking about, right? Not only showing、mm-hmm. that interior joy, but also it unites us. Singing,、uh, spending time with others with this sort of、uh, in this musical atmosphere really unites us、uh, together. And also, in a sense, it's one of those things that you can offer to Jesus Christ, right? right? You can yeah, imagine、exactly. the Virgin Mary or St. Joseph singing, they would sing nursery rhymes, right? right. And from there, the combination of the liturgical music with nursery rhymes, maybe from there comes the, come the Christmas carols, right? right? With、uh, folk music,、uh, nursery rhymes all together. Right, so, exactly. So,、uh, Christmas carols that are themed as di- oriented or directed or addressed to Jesus Christ. Right, right. right. So, to help him go to sleep or whatever. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. Another thing I just heard the other day that made me think a bit was that singing is actually. Another way,、um, or another thing that we do when we're singing is we make more solemn the words that we're saying. So that, that's、mm-hmm. an interesting thing to think too with the, a lot of the, the texts of the good traditional carols, right? Not these more modern, like hip hop or Christ, <laughs> Christless. Right, right, Christless carols. The more traditional carols、um, are, are very deep. And when we sing them, we're also saying, and, you know, it's, it's more than just reading them. It's saying, like, I. Wholeheartedly,、uh, I, I consent to this, right? I proclaim it, kind of thing.、Right. It's another aspect. I mean, take it for what it's worth, but I think it's a nice reflection, right, and too. It's, and it's as the church has always done、uh, music is a good way to memorize doctrinal、yeah. truths, right? right? So if、yeah. we speak about the word made flesh, well, one thing is to, if I say it here, the word was made flesh, and、right. this is what it means. Right. And a different thing is if I put it into music、mm. and then we are able to sing it and then continue to hum it while we're driving and、right. sing the, the lyrics.、Mm. And then it sticks with me much more that the world was made flesh and dwelt among us and、uh. he's God made man. Do you have a、yeah. certain lyrics in mind? Do you have a certain melody in mind, Father? <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear it. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, not at this point. I'm just saying some examples. So. Yeah, but that's a very good、uh, principle. And what I like most,、uh, obviously,、um, it's maybe something that others also like a lot, but it's the nativity scene itself, right? The idea that as Catholics, we can represent the birth of Christ with the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, the, the shepherds. I still remember when I was、um, younger, a child,、uh, there was a very nice, nat- simple nativity scene at our, house, at our house. My mom would always put a little nativity scene in the Dining room.、Oh, nice. And for some reason, at one, one of those Christmas seasons, I、uh, decided to pray before the nativity scene.、Oh, a little bit, like 10 minutes. And I remember it was really uh, inspirational. Yeah.、Uh, I had a great consolation to think this, okay, this is a representation, but this is what Jesus, what God made himself. Right. right? This is what Jesus wanted to be. God wanted to be close to me. Uh, with a shepherds and poverty and simplicity, so that we can be、uh, gods, right? So that we can be children of God, so we,、right. we can have eternal life.、Right. So that's what I like most of Christmas uh, yeah, the, the ability to have our nativity scenes throughout、uh, our, our houses, you know, especially if they're beautiful nativity scenes, right? They're right. representative of, of the humanity of Christ.、Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Ma- Father Matthew, for, join- for joining us today、oh, and for、pleasure. sharing、Thanks、all for these、me. 
uh, on these thoughts. Uh, next week, we're going to do another episode with Father Matthew. The dynamic uh, duo again. Right, right, for, for the New Year's Eve, so to speak. Don't so miss it. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode with us today. Um, next, next week, this, this is the last, um, oh, well, the second to last episode of 2021. Hey. The next one will be the last one. So there we're getting go. to the end. Uh, if anyone has any questions that would like to ask me about this or any other episode, don't hesitate to send me an email at info at fourcollegecatholics.org. If you want to ask a question to Father Matthew, also send it to that email, info at fourcollegecatholics.org, and I'll send it to him, and he'll surely answer your question. Or ask Father Patrick to answer it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, so we'd also, we all love to hear from you. And if you can, leave, us a, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to encourage others to listen as well. May God bless you. We'll see you next time, and may God grant you a blessed Christmas. Merry Christmas.